This is Pastor Tango, affectionately known as Pastor Tan. I wanted to let you know that there is still bomb in Gilead and God is still over us and he is able to control everything. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Please make sure that you pray for the state of Georgia as well as the state of Alabama in the United States on today. They had a really bad um, tornadoes that went through and a lot of people do not have power and may not have a warm place to stay. So pray for them that the electricity will be able to come back on. They will be able to stay warm and also have you know, provide for their families as such. Now, I was understanding that so many people need to understand that God is still in control. And I was thinking about how sometimes we we make schedules, we make priorities for so many different things to work out, to have our homework done, to have our room done, or to have our hair done, makeup, uh, you know, feet done, nails done as a woman, males, you may go get to get your hair cut, be a barber, um, go different places and have meetings and schedules and even make time for your children. And also sometimes in some, you know, cases, depending on your profession and such as I will be having have clients and having so many details of where and how I'm going to be able to counsel them and also having to have research. And some of us are still in school. So you have to have that time to, you know, find time to study and also find time to maneuver through, you know, cleaning your home to just, you know, doing spring cleaning. But I wanted to kind of sit here and I wanted to say my topic for today, and I've been, it's been a little bit more pressing on me and I've been finding out and seeing a whole lot more is that making room for God, making time for God, making room, because now more than ever, we have become so busy that society, we don't get to give God his just due. We don't get to give him the all time of our first fruits. And that's what is some of the times where we fall short of. And when I was going back into the word of God and we were talking about it tonight with my husband and my children is that we were talking about Cain and Abel and how Abel gave his first fruit of his vineyard and how he was able to come and present it to God and God was pleased. So he made room, he made time. And I wanted to kind of say this also too, is that we whitewash everything. We make time to set up our house. We make time, you know, for our favorite TV show. We make time for, you know, your spouse or your children, but we don't make time for the one true God that does keep us in and keep us breathing and going through our day. We don't set time out just to sit there and tell them thank you. We don't sit there and just have a face-to-face conversation with them that will be able to change us and have us to alter so many different things. 
Now, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to tell you that God makes time for us. And it says in the Bible, he seeks after us. He He honestly goes and even before we're out our mother's womb, he knows us. So he spends times with us. I mean, if you honestly think about it, we have so many people on the planet, billions of people, but God knows you by name because he spent time with you. He knew how you were before you even came out your mother's womb. And then at the same exact time, he gave us a choice. And that choice is either to serve him or not to serve him. And I was like looking at also to how we sometimes we make, we make room for reading. And I read a lot as a student uh, studying different you know, fields of psychology, I have to read a lot. And then also two at the same time that I have to read my word. And I had one person because of what I said of the field of psychology, they were saying that, you know, you, you're going to have to put your Bible down at some point. And I said, no, because the foundation of the whole entire foundation of psychology was the philosophers going over the Bible and researching it and talking about it and discussing it amongst each other. And then at the same exact time, then it became a conversation that was so became evil and warped that the enemy took that and ran with it. And we have so many aspects of psychology that has become so tainted and so defiled. And it just seems like to me, like, you know, when God gave us his first fruits for us to be able to exist and live, and then sin came through because of the disobedience of, you know, Adam and Eve. Now we have more chaos. We have more suffering. We have more things that's been going on. Now, for some people, they don't take time out for their children. You're starting to see in the newspapers so many different articles about children, you know, um, using deadly force or weapons and what have you not. And some of them are just become callous. That means not having any caring or empathy towards a human being. And it becomes where now some of our ways of having these video games becoming so realistic that these children can't even alter between what's reality and what's not reality. And I was like, do you understand how the enemy has sat there and infiltrated the body of Christ through so many different ways. I mean, through the cartoons and through the games and, and through the entertainment of our children. And if we don't watch it, we become more of an entertainment because we are starting to see different patterns in how we are able to see different shows and, you know, different movies and how so many things are being planted and tainted in it. But we don't sit there and we don't make time to talk to God about, you know, even the simplest of things. And I was like, you know, I would pray before I even leave my home. And now I'm getting back into that. And I'm I'm doing that more often. And I understand, you know, some people don't understand that sometimes when we become, we get out of that rhythm of not doing what God says do, and it becomes easier and easier to go and fall into that sin. 
And I was like, you know how certain times, and they say it in psychology, a person can relapse back into what they used to do because the person that is supposed to be the counselor that's over them is not vigilant. And I was like, man, God has become our counselor uh, and Jesus has become our advocate. And they have been diligently being able to sit there and watch over our souls, watch over us and having the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit to watch over us. And even when we make a mistake, even if we make that mistake and try to relapse, God will sit there and give us time to repent so that we can get back on track. Amen. Now, I want to say this also, too. We don't make room for who God is in our lives. And we don't sit there and get up in the morning and say, hey, let me go ahead and set some time aside just for God. And God gets me up at three or four in the morning and he wanting to talk to me, wanting input into me, download into me. And I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I'm so tired. I want to go right back to bed. But then God sits there. He tells me enough information that I need to get up and I write it down depending. And then sometimes he will remind me throughout the day, this is what I said. Y'all need to understand if we are in the way this season, God is flowing in us that he wants us to fast and pray. He wants us to make him a priority in this season and every day. But in this season right now, he wants us to be able to give him his best and not just leftovers. Now, I understand that the enemy will try to come in and infiltrate. That's something that will always see. But you start seeing a pattern where you know that you are on the right track because you would go in and you would pray. But then the enemy would try to come in and infiltrate what you're doing that day. That means that you're going to either sit when you face an intense opposition towards you. That means elevation is coming. That means more things are going to be able to come to pass for you. But you have to keep going. And that's for everybody in the body of Christ. Stop thinking that, you know, the enemy only wants to attack only one person. No, if you're of, of God on today. He always wants to sit there and get come up against you because you remind him of how he used to be able to praise God and, and do what thus says the Lord and be obedient. He doesn't want you to be able to be in God's camp. He wants you to remain in his camp and under his bondage. So I wanted to let you know on today, so many people don't make room. And I've seen where my children, especially my youngest, when they were growing up, all of them, but, you know, they would play in their room and they would make room for such a dolls or, 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 or Pacific doll or, or the one they really did want to be able to entertain. They would give them clothing. They would, you know, make hats for them or set up things for them to play with them and interact with them. I mean, have tea time, uh, play with them as far as having a, you know, just having time with them and spending special time with them and always making sure that Pacific doll or dolls were there. And I was like, wait a minute, we need to do that with God. We need to be able, you have those favorite type of girlfriends or friends that you are willing to spend time with. 
because that's valuable to you. And also it helps you grow and mature. And the advice that they give you or their opinion means a lot. Don't you know that God is willing to sit and wait and wait on you to open up and say, wait a minute, God, what about this? What about how I'm feeling right now? What about all these different gifts that you are giving me, but I don't understand those gifts? Or if God, if I'm under heavy, 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 you know, burdensome, you know, attack, what am I supposed to do? Not just sit there and I understand prayer is a very valuable thing. No, no, I am not sitting up here and discounting prayer. But what else do you need for me to do, God, while I'm waiting for my victory? Do you need me to not just, you know, pray about it, but also holy, you know, have your speaking in tongues? What about maybe sometimes being able to just intercede for someone else while I'm waiting for my victory? I mean, you can be doing so many different things, but you have to honestly, earnestly listen and go after God. Be diligent about it. And while you're making room, I don't never, ever want to put down my Bible because that's the way to so many keys of how we're supposed to live, how we're supposed to exist, how we're supposed to get into communication with God, how we're able to do it, you know, what we need to do for God. I mean, I would never want to put my my Bible down for what the enemy thinks that is going to be right. And then at the same exact time, men say, you know, and it's paraphrased that men thinks in their own eyes that it is something good when God says it's absolutely not. We have been born into sin. So we need to have the Holy Spirit to be able to guide us into all truths, having Jesus with the blood on us so that when we, when God sees us, he sees the blood first. I mean, we're not going to be perfect, never perfect. We are never perfect, but we do have an advocate, which is Jesus. And I wanted to say this also, too, is that while you're making room, you need to get rid of the clutter. So that means the sins that you've been doing all along, the things that you've been accomplishing that is not of God, you need to get rid of it. All the, you know, clothes that is not appropriate, all the makeup, whatever else that you have that is not of God, get rid of it. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't adorn yourself with jewelry or makeup. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm telling you is that if it becomes a hindrance to you, for you to serve God and honestly, sincerely get rid of it. And it's not, it's not just the clothing, not just the makeup, not just whatever, but sometimes you need to understand and know that God, I need you to remove some people out of my life. Do you, let me say that one more time for the people in the back. When you earnestly want to live for God, the people that you know for a fact is not living for God, they will fall off. They will not stay with you because you've been so set aside. You've been set apart. You've been going and constantly going before God and saying, God, I want to be able to do what you need for me to do. And in some seasons, you're by yourself. It ain't like 
that you have become a popularity contest because God didn't call them. Like some people say, it's not a conference call. It was just a face to face between you and God. This is something that we need to understand. When you make room, you're trying to sit there and know and let God be the main focus of everything that you have. When you make room for God, he sits there and he's like, look, he knows that that is your child. That's my priority. God will bless you because you made room for him. Y'all don't understand that when you make room for the people that you love, they are so considerate for some, the ones that do have some sense that do understand the sacrifice you made just to make room for them. Even if you have to help them with monetary funds or having to be able to put them up in a house, your home it's, it's something that, you know, when you do it out of your own heart, but you're not telling anybody about it, you are trying to be able to be sincere about everything that you do for one that you love. Don't you know that's the same reflection of how God wants us to be with him? And I'm telling you that when you put God first, he opens up doors that no man can shut. That he opens up pathways, that he puts your name on places that you haven't even been able to walk through yet. So what I'm saying is that every time you put him first in your life, no one else can sit there and say, well, you know, she got here because of me and she got here. No, God will make your enemies your footstools and set your table before your enemies. And I've seen it so many times where God will say, oh, you're not qualified, but God will have you open up doors just for you to sit in that place in order for you to be the light in that situation. You don't hear me though. See, some people will sit there and go to work, cause all this mess. And then at the same exact time, they know when a person is of the light and when it's not. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. God knows when you are of the light of him. And that's, that's my child. That's the one that I know that will be able to get the job done. That's why I placed you in a time in a season, in, in a, in a placement at such a time as this in Esther. Oh, I, I was like listening. Cause it keeps going back every time that, you know, God sits there and every year that he is able to bless me to be on this earth. Once again, he's like, he's reminding me, I am letting you live for such a time as this for my glory, for my, for my reasoning, for my understanding, for my light to be shined so you can do your purpose. You can fulfill what I've taught you to do on this earth. And I had to realize that it's because of him that I move and I live and I have my own being, not for my own being. Let me say that one more time. I have my being because of him. Not for my own choice, but because of his will, his acknowledgement, his purpose in my life. I'm not here only by circumstances and not by what I want to do, but what God wants me to do. And as greater is he that is in me, that is he that is in the world. And it's not even in my notes, but I'm just letting you know that when you sit there and you let God guide you and lead you to the right path. 
Oh my God, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that every time that he comes into the room, you can feel the presence of God. You can feel the peace that God brings over you. Even when it's supposed to be chaotic, God still gives you that peace, still gives you that nourishment, still gives you that grace, still helps you to do what God says do no matter what. And don't take it for granted that God gives you the grace. See, so many people want to sit up there and call, and I say you premeditated going out there and you think because you can live under grace and mercy that you can just go out and sin. Absolutely not. God forbid. If you do that, don't you understand that you're on the enemy's turf? And don't you know if you're caught on the enemy's turf, God has no way, no reason or how. And then the enemy, God gives the enemy permission to take you out. That is because you were on the enemy's turf without God's permission. There's a difference between permissive and perfect will. And some of us are sitting up here and wanting to be in the permissive will, not the perfect will of God. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. See, some of us want to sit here and live our lives out just for what we want and never considering what God wants for us to do. Never considering that the reason why God puts us in different places is because he needs for us to function as he would like for us to function, not the way we want to go. We can't always be able to do what we want to do when we have sat there and said, you know what? Thine will be done that we've given our lives over to God. That means I need to do what God says do. Does that mean that I'm always going to be able to achieve everything that I want to do? Absolutely not. But don't you know that I should have some satisfaction in knowing that God placed me in different places for his glory in order for him to get the glory and not my own. See, I'm just here to represent. I am an ambassador to God's glory. Oh, let me say that one more time for the people in the back. We are ambassadors. We are the ones that go out, read our words. We get out and we do what God says. Do we evangelize? We prophesize the way that God wants us to prophesy. We preach and we teach and we give God the all of the glory and the honor. But we also make sure that his people that do not know him starts to know them starts to know the Holy Spirit, God, and also the Jesus. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back, that people know who God is, that people know his son, that we, they, they know also that they, when Jesus left, he left the comforter here with is also the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. We should be able to tell people about these, these These are the ones that help us to get up every day. God helps us to be able to be in the right frame of mind, your faculties and your activities of your limbs. Then Jesus, he gave his only, oh, God gave his only son and Jesus gave his life. So when we get up in the morning, Jesus, when we get up in the morning, excuse me, God sees the blood on us. 
And when we have the Holy Spirit, that tells us what's right and what's wrong. And also at the same exact time, we need to get the the spirit of discernment. We need to have the discernment. We need to have the righteous judgment of wrong and right. And that we don't get caught up in what society says is appropriate or what is supposed to be accepted, but what God says is accepted. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. See, so many people want to sit here and accept something because society has changed. And then at the same time, they want to take it into all different fields of the education system. They want to say, this is right. This is what we're supposed to do. But then what God says in the word, it doesn't change. It hasn't changed for so many years. It's not going to change now. So please don't sit there and say, well, God said, no, absolutely not. God didn't change. So why should we? Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. We say it in love and kindness, but also at the same exact time, when God says no, it's a no. When you say yes, it's a yes, because we should hate what God hates and love what God loves. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. See, we should get into a frame of mind that when God says no, it's a no. When God says yes, it's a yes. And there is no in between. There is no sugarcoating. God said it, so it settles it. It has, he hasn't changed his mind about this person or that person or whatever sin that we've been able to do. He hasn't changed his mind. So we shouldn't be doing that either. We should be sitting up there and saying, and if our brothers and our sister has faulted, yes, go and you correct them in private. But if they haven't listened, then God will come in and correct them in in a massive way. Y'all don't hear me though. See, there's a difference in a place and a time that we need to understand that we're going to have friends that are not saved. And I loved how God had brought it into my whole entire preview of this week that, you know, one of a famous person had a friend that was saved and he was mocking God right in front of him. But instead of him getting mad and upset, cause he could have did that and went off and said, no, I don't want to be his friend. He said, you know what? Please Lord, forgive him and let me love him in spite of, and let him know that God still loves him. And then from there on, God sat there and wreak havoc in his life. You don't, you don't hear me though. Cause God really wanted to use that as a teachable moment. See, sometimes we need to be able to be taught. And also at the same time, God chooses us to teach others. So we need to understand that the way that we sit here and we live our life, it's a whole big characteristic of somebody looking at you and finding out how you are living so that they can implement what you are doing. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. See, the older people or somebody else might be, even young people might be looking at you and saying, wait a minute, I want to get to that point. I want to be like that person. I want to sit there and say, wait a minute, what must I do to be saved? What, what does she have that I don't have? Why is it that she's happy that I'm not happy? Why is it that she's having a frame of mind, a peace where I'm in chaos? Why is it that I am able to look and see at her and she's smiling throughout the whole entire things that she's going through, but yet and still I'm going through hell and I can't even get, I can't even catch a break. Come on now, let's talk about it. You know, the ones, you know, the ones that sit there and know who God is and they're at peace, but yet and still you in hell's door because you don't understand why is it so much going on that your children are messing up your, your husband or your spouse or the person that you really want to be with is, is not working out. 
And then you wonder why, you know, your finances are messed up and everything else is going on. But yet and still, you are still out there in the world and you are not even knowing what's going on. You're going around driving blind and yet and still you're sitting there saying, oh, I see, I see. No, God sees. God is the Alpha and Omega. He sees from the beginning to the end. And we need to stop sitting up here and not giving God his just due. We need to stop sitting here and saying, well, you know what is born to be serving God. That's a lie and a half. Who, I don't know who told you that. I don't know who told you that it is a burdensome to, to serve God. I have been very blessed to be in God's kingdom for as long as I've been. And it has been interesting the whole entire time. Y'all don't hear me though. See being in God's camp. A lot of things happen and we got to sit there and say, okay, God, what, what do I need to do? How can I adjust this? How can I be able to go here and go there? And how can I be able to maintain a household while I'm trying to do a podcast and maintain my grades and do all of this and still have a job and all these different things going on. How can I be able to do it? I don't do it. I have to be able to ask God to help me do it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand that every time that I'm sitting here and I'm doing what God says do, it has become so poignant to me that I cannot be able to breathe without it. I cannot be able to live without him. I just can't. I I don't know about you, but I can't do it. I, I can't, I can't sit there and say, well, God, you know, I'm, you know, I, I, I can be able to do this by myself. I, I don't need you. That's a lie and a half. I don't know who says this, but some people are thinking this. Oh, I can do this. My It's that I, I spirit. And I say it like an I, I spirit. It's just me, me. Yeah, it's just me. Yeah, I did that. I, I, I got that done. I, 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 mm-mm. no, you did not. Yeah, no, God, that's God. I, I'm thankful and grateful God had blessed me to get where I need to go. God blessed me to be able to get into a car accident and uh, a scratch came on to me or my daughter and we walked out just fine because of God. God had us to be able to go and do this and that and then be able to recover what all that we have been able to have and then some. God has been able to bless us no matter what, when even things I thought would knock me down, he would elevate me even the more. What God does is that he does the impossible when I'm not even there and when I'm not even present or when I am present, he still comes through. Oh, y'all don't hear me though. See, some of us need to sit there and get that mentality. Stop sitting up here and just making room for movies and, and games and everything else. But yet and still, you're not making room for God. You're making room for yoga and all these pastors and prophets and teachers and evangelists, but they ain't living nothing. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. You sit there and have people going to church and believing that the pastor or the bishop or whoever it is in charge is God. That is not God. That is not God. And they're supposed to lead you to God, not be the God that you need for them. Oh, y'all don't hear me though. See, that's the thing is that we don't need to sit there and have it that People are my God. No, God is the only true living God and we should be serving him in spirit and in truth. 
And it says it in Proverbs, the third chapter. And I like that it says it also in the fifth to the sixth verse. And let's read it out of the, the King James Version. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. See, that's the difference between when you trust in God and you trust in not yourself, but you trust in who God is in your life. With the, all the expectations that we have of God, don't you know he's moved in our lives so many times that I can't even count? Let me say that one more time because God moved in so many different ways that he was able to go down to the whole entire mirror and bone of my life. And don't you know, because of all of those moments, my heart doesn't want to go anywhere else. And don't you know that when you make a decision, your heart feels it before your mind plans it. Ooh, y'all don't hear me though. Y'all don't hear me. See the heart, your heart will be able to pump the life and life and blood through your whole entire vessels up to your brain. So by the time that your heart has already been settled in it, your brain has already been able to catch up in order for it to be able to signify what you're going to do. Don't you think, and and people say, wait a minute, wait a minute, pastor, you say in your mind, no, 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 it's your heart too. Because when your heart is made up and is transfixed on something or someone, it's already making plans in your brain to pursue it. Oh, y'all don't hear me though. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, y'all don't hear me though, because when your heart is made up, it has finalized it that you cannot make no substitutes, no excuses, no, no rough estimations of why it should be. No, that's it. When God says something in your heart, you already know God said it, it settles it. When, when God sits there and he, he impressed on people to be able to come around you, to say something to you that you know that it's only between you and God had that conversation. Don't you know that is something that you can honestly take into heart and knowing that God will be able to be with you and take you through it. That is something, whether it was good or bad, God and you and God had that conversation. Y'all ain't playing. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Let me step back. Y'all don't hear me, though. Y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me, though. See, it's the fact that when we sit there and we have an honest conversation with God about what's been going on, but then you sit there and you see the situation is going on and you are asking God every day, God, I need this. I I need to understand that I need conversation about this and that. And then it comes to fruition because you've been earnestly asking God. And it comes right on time. It's not like he he's so late. He he comes in right on time. Then you know for a fact that's God. That's not something that you can be able to sit there and say, you know what? That didn't happen. No, you please don't deny God like that. 
Don't don't sit there and deny God like that. That oh, that's just a happenstance. That's just quinkiness. That's just deja vu, as they say in the French. And that means that it's just a concurrence. It you know, it's serendipitous. Uh, oh no, 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 no. That's God. Give him his just due. Give him all the credit that he's supposed to have. Stop sitting up here and putting different names and formats to it. It's just God. And that's simply it. When people become and become a miracle in front of your face, that's God. When your bills are due and you don't know how you're going to even pay them, but then God has someone to come by and says, Hey, you know what? God told me to, to come by and, and give you this certain amount of money. And I wasn't even supposed to go this way, but God gave it to me. That's God. When God sits there and he has you to be able to be in situations where you don't even know how you're going to get out of them. But then God comes in and he brings somebody just to help you out for that specific time and place. Don't sit there and download and desecrate God. That's God. Make room for him on today. Stop sitting up here and saying, well, God, you know my heart. Yeah, your heart can be corrupt also. Do you understand that we were born in sin? So let God be God in you and let God be able to take over. Let him make room, make room, make, make room in your household, make room where you can be able to sit there and have your war room and be able to sit there and, and, and spend some time with him. Make some time for God because he makes time for you. Do you understand that every time he wakes you up in the morning and he gives you breath in your body and you open up your eyes and you are not dead, that's God. That's God's love every day and that's his mercy and his peace every day. And I've seen where now so many people are glorifying, you know, helping, assisting people to, you know, to have death. And I was like, do you understand that God He created us to not cause any harm to each and any one of us. Now, I understand when you become a whole lot older, you have, you know, you have the, the, the muscle loss of muscle and the, your skin elasticity and, you know, you don't, the activity of limbs is limited, but don't you know, don't you see that God gives you the grace and mercy to give it one more chance to be able to repent. See, I understand that we're not all like Enoch where we can be perfect and then God will take us home. But I'm telling you, God gives you long life so that you can repent. And you can't sit there and say that you didn't have time because 98 years old all the way to 100 and something, God gives you time. And even if it's for a little short time that you've been on this life, on this, on this whole entire time of, of, of the earth, God still gave you time to repent. Oh, what do you mean, pastor? Do not take this time lightly. Do not see so many people. And I, I've seen where people write and they had, you know, a different viewpoint, like, for an instance, you have Ernest Hemingway and you see how his house was, his room was set up that he would write all the time, but he would have those, uh, he would have them, you know, animals stuffed around his, his walls and, you know, uh, 
you know, different carpets on the floor and, you know, just a manly chair and everything else because that's what he wanted to do because that was where sometimes he would spend hours and hours, you know, just writing manuscripts or, you know, samples or just detailing what happened. Now, what we need to start doing is making room, not just a physical one in your household, but also in your heart. What do you mean, pastor? Some people spiritually hasn't even talked to God and yet and still you go to church every day, but you haven't developed an intimate relationship with him. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Not just having a room set up in your house for God, but also in your heart. Don't you know that God is a spirit and we should worship him in spirit and in truth. That means going before God, we are spiritual minded individuals first we have to be able to function as such and we got to worship him in spirit and in truth every time every time so but let's go back and 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 lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. In all thine ways, acknowledge him. Him is God and he shall direct thy path. Start realizing that it is God and we are not by ourselves. We are not the creator, but the creation. And I say this all the time, but it's so true. It's so poignant. We are not... We are not the creator. We are the creation. So we need to be able to give God his just due. Give it all to him and stop thinking that we are all in control. We're not. We're not. And when they were talking about, once again, about how to, you know, help people assist them in death. Don't you know God doesn't want that? I understand they are hurting, but also at the same exact time, let them know that this is the time that you need to be able to prepare and repent for what you have done in your lifetime and go back and ask God for forgiveness. I mean, genuinely remember and forgive yourself, but ask God to God, I'm sorry for what I've done. You need to please, Lord, please, please save me. Please heal me. Please support me. Please, Lord, let me be able to come back and say, I'm sorry for all that I've done, for all the sins that I've done, known and unknown, seen and unseen. God, I need to commit myself back to you and to your son. I believe your son, Jesus, came down from the cross, that he came through 42 generations just to get to me. So I'm asking you, God, to come in and clean me up from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. I don't want to be able to die and know that my whole entire home is not with you. Y'all need to understand that, that I had to understand that God is calling us every day. Make room for him. Make room for the Holy Spirit, which is the Holy Ghost also. We can grieve the Holy Spirit because of the way we've been living. And I wanted to, you know, equate that to people smoking. I can't stand it. 
I, I don't even like the smell. Every time that I would go back and go back in, when I went into the club, when I came home, I had to take off my clothes, wash myself, and then wash my hair because I couldn't stand the smell. Now, equivalent to how the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit feels when we sin all the time. I mean, we go out there, we habitually sin and then come back and say, oh, I for, please forgive me. That's not, that's not real. That's not genuine. That's not love. If you really want to be able to be connected to God, you're going to have a serious relationship with him. You're going to honestly want to honor that what you've been doing with God. You don't want to go and have a relationship with all these different type of people and then come back and say, oh, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have did that. And then God is like, wait a minute, hold up. How are you going to be, you know, out here doing this, knowing full well, I know how bad you've done this in my relationship with you. Absolutely not. You, you can't expect that. You can't expect God to bless you when you doing this and you doing that. And it's not of God. You can't expect, you know, so many people to sit there and be committed to you when you're not committed to yourself and doing what God says do. Okay, let me say it like this. Do you understand that sometimes the friendship that you have with people, they have commitments and you have commitments, but you need to spend time with each other in order to keep being friends. And even when you have a long distance relationship as I have as a friend, don't you know you still sit there and try to stay, try to stay connected to them and let them know you love them. You still reach out to them when some things are important or something is over your head because you want their advice. You want to feel love. And even though they're not there physically on the phone, they're there. You want to hear their voice. They want, you want to be able to honestly just sometimes just to call them up and say, you know what? I missed you. How you doing? What's been going on? I understand we haven't talked in a while, but you know what? I still love you. And that's how God is. When we don't go and we don't go and talk to God like we supposed to be, he still says, hey, I love you. I miss you. Where you been? Why is it so hard for you to come and talk to me? But you know what? I'm still here and I still want to be with you. And I wanted to go back to verse six. You need to acknowledge God in everything that you do. Everything. Even when I got my master's, I said, Lord, I thank you. My bachelor's, Lord, I thank you. My associate's, Lord, I thank you. Because he has carried me a mighty long way. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. There has been times when I've been in this house by myself at two or three or four, sometimes in the morning, and I still got to get up and go do things. Go take the kids to school and take my husband to work so I can come back home, try to get some sleep and try to finish the homework and then go back and get them. God has been able to carry me and be able to help me through all it all. And I cannot thank him enough. I really can't. Can you say the same thing? Can you say that you have a prayer life? Can you say that you have a relationship with God that is unsurmountable, that no monetary funds, no money can be able to match it? 
Can you tell me honestly that God is the God above all that you do and say? If you can't, I'm telling you, God is asking, when are you going to realize that he is the only source for life? Y'all don't hear me though. See, the enemy has set us up so well that we have become so busy that God, when God speaks, we don't hear him anymore. Oh, y'all don't hear me though. See, we got all these different things that we take, you know, relationship from here, doing this or doing that, running around and doing all this other stuff. But we don't consider what God wants for us first. Go back, make room, God. Make room, make room, make room, make room. That's what I keep hearing. Make room for God. Make space for God. Not just in the natural, but in the spiritual. Make room for God. See, we want all these different things, but God is not in it. So we need to make room. Oh, Lord, I thank you. We need to make room. There is nothing, excuse me, too hard for God. We need to make room. Amen. And also to make room to hear from him. When we get up after we pray, we don't give God time to give us that time for that reply. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. We don't let God have that time to give us a reply or give us our next uh, mission or, or marching orders, what we need to be doing. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Everybody wants to sit there and have a piece of us and it's time consuming, but we need to make room for him. God is important. He's not just a toy. He's not just a genie. He's not anything else, but he is a supreme being in our lives and we should treat him as such. Amen. We should treat him like he is the one, the only one, him. Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we should treat them with respect. And if you don't know God, you need to get to know him. Even if you don't sit there, you don't have a personal relationship with God. Go and go to Romans 10, 9 and 10 and ask him to come into your heart. And be able to repent of your sins with an earnest heart so that you can forgive and be able to come and enter into me, Jesus, Lord, God, and start living. Let me say that one more time for people. Start living. Because when we became in sin, it was death already. We didn't have the gift of eternal life, not until Jesus came on board. And when he came and he died, we were able to have another covenant from the first Adam to now the second Adam was Jesus. Now we have that covenant with God that we can be able to be his sons and his daughters. Start realizing who God is. Stop sitting here and let the enemy come in and infiltrate. Start making room for God every day. Even if you get up at three, four o'clock in the morning, start making that time for God. And on the weekend, start making time to read your word. Start making time to do what you, every day you should be reading your word. I'm just saying, even on the weekends, you need to be able to do that. That is important. 
Start being able to realize when the enemy is at bay with you and when he's combative with you, it's because you have more things to do. You're going to be spiritually elevated in God. Do not stop because of what the enemy is saying. Start talking to God. Stop listening to the enemy. Start making room for God. Start making sure that you write down scriptures. And even if you don't remember them, don't you know putting on a sticky tab and letting you see it on your screen or in your Bible or even around your desk, that makes the difference. Start learning it. And even if you don't be able to memorize it, don't you know God will bring that thing, bring it back to your remembrance. When you need it, start making room for God. He is the most important part for you. For all of us, even the ones that are not saved, start seeking God now more than ever because it is becoming high time that it is almost time for us to go home. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. It is almost time for us to go home. And I want to be ready so I can go home. I want to be ready when Jesus comes back. I don't want to be down here. Make up your minds. Wake up, United States of America. Wake up to the saints that have been sleeping. Wake up from the churches that are corrupt. And you have the pastors, prophets, teachers, bishops, ministers, all those different people leading you astray. Wake up. Stop looking at them as God, but look at God for he is our redeemer. Start making room for everything that God has for you. Stop letting the enemy ruin your life because you don't want to listen to God. Stop being so much of a hindrance to God and oh, it's just me, me, me. When God's sitting there and saying, I chose you for a reason. Now go do my bidding. Do what I say do. No matter what. And he will get the victory. And in turn, he will reward you. And it's not just always the physical. We're always talking about houses and all this other stuff. That is not what I'm saying. God will give you wisdom. And and give you earnestly all the things that you need and it's not just the material things that you see but also the things that you don't see that people need he will give you wisdom he will give you understanding he will give you interpretation over things and then at the same exact time he comes back and he lets you know that he loves you and he's proud of you and he says my child my beloved He lets you know his voice, his mannerisms, his way that he talks, that no sheep know his his sheep knows his voice. And it says in the word and no other ones will they follow. Don't you need to know who God is for yourself? Not because of what your mama said, not because of what your daddy said, or not because your grandma and you can't be living off on anyone else's prayers, but you need to be getting on your hands and knees and having a relationship with God. You can't go off of anybody. I can't go off of my husband and my husband can't go off of mine. I can pray for him and he can pray for me. But the relationship I have with God and he has with God is totally two different things. 
Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. You need to have a personal, intimate relationship with God. That is not negotiable. Because when you need God is when he can come through. He knows when you are calling him. Father, Heavenly Father, I need you. God, I need you. Lord, I need you. And when you say, Jesus, I have seen so many times where I have said, Jesus, and cars stop. I have said, I have seen and heard when people say, Jesus, Things change because you have been able to provoke the name that is above all names. And God knows when his people are in trouble and he will come running because he knows you've been living the way that you've been living. And he says, no, I will stop everything for my child. And he lets you get into situations because he wants to get the glory, not you, but him. Start realizing that God puts you in places and situations. And even when they may seem bad, he gets it and he gives it for our good. Let me say that one more time. For the people in the back, the ones that have left you, God meant it for your good because you were not there for the conversations that God heard about you. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. God places things on you that may seem bad to you, but it's for his glory and to be able to preserve you and protect you and keep you out of harm's way. Y'all don't understand. Sometimes we as human beings, we don't understand. We don't see everything. God gives me only a glimpse of what's going on. But he has the whole entire blueprint. He has the whole entire playbook. So please let it be made known that you need to have a relationship with God and make room, make room, make room. And make sure that you need to clean up behind all the things that you need to have before you make room for God. Let me say that one more. Thank you, Jesus. Before you even sit there and have God in your life, don't you know that you need to cancel out? You need to cut some things out. You need to make sure that you replace some things that were old and tattered and torn and let God have some new things on you on today. New attitudes, peace that passes all understanding, having the be attitudes on today in Galatians. Please understand it ain't always about us, but it's about how we have to shift things for the next legacy, the next generation and start realizing that generational curses are true. You cannot sit here and tell me that when another generation comes up, you're starting to see the same caliber, the same this or that. So God is sitting there and trying to cancel things out of your relationship, out of different people. Stop doing this to yourself and saying, oh, they're still good. No, they're not. When God said, no, they're not good for you. And he shows you right in front of you. Y'all need to understand some things God is asking you and telling you make room for him because he should be the author and the finisher of your faith. Not anyone else. Amen. So I'm going to say this one more time. Make room for God. Make room for him and him alone. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. His son has given us the whole entire keys to go back to God. He's given us the path. Now we need to walk in it. We need to be able to have the Holy Spirit to 
function and and be the the prevalent guide that we need on this earth to know might and wrong so we need to be able to, to do this but i'm gonna say it like this if you don't know him repent of your sins turn from your wicked ways and earnestly let him let him come into your life acknowledge who he his son is and ask for everlasting life amen Thank you for listening. And if you have liked what you heard thus far, please follow and subscribe. And if you can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, Audible, Spotify, and Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Samsung, Podchaser, and other major platforms such as YouTube. If you've enjoyed this podcast thus far leave a five-star rating that would help me in reaching more people and if you have any questions or comments you can find me on facebook under it is written at l-a-t-o-n-y-a-u-l-l-o-a once again it is written at l-a-t-o-n-y-a-u-l-l-o-a And I want to say to all my listeners, even the ones that just started, thank you. And to the ones that have been there from day one, I thank you also. Because to me, you have been able to so much so help me to understand who God is, to strive more to be like God. And also at the same exact time, to uphold what is right and what is truthful. Even when it hurts, still say it in love, still say it in, in, in God's way, but still also know that we all have fallen sin of the short of the glory of God. I am no one special, but doing what God says do so that we can be able to come into the understanding, acknowledgement of who God is in our lives. Please understand that I thank you so much for always being able to give me an opportunity to listen. Also to give me an opportunity to give you the word of God, to let you know what God is saying in these days, that we should be the light no matter what, and to make room for him. Amen. Kanon samida, anyong.